independently owned tyre power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Good morning to you. Thanks for listening. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. If it's the first time you've listened to SENSA Breakfast, Mark Bickley's here. And uh, Bix, it's been a good show so far. We're waking up to a lot of people who have been to Ed Sheeran overnight. We are not one of those people or two of those people. Um, and that's okay. We watched it on social media. Yeah, it didn't miss much. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, in terms of we got a blow-by-blow description, a lot of people... Uh, videotaping a song and then you hear it back and it sounds nothing like Ed. So the, the reproduction, obviously, with, with a mobile phone. Not sure why you would do that, but anyway, it is what it is. The last concert that I went to, and I will be going to a, uh, a concert tonight, but uh, I went to see Mumford & Sons a couple of years ago Great and I, in, I intentionally didn't take my phone. And I said to my wife, because I'm in love with Mumford & Sons, I love them, mm. and I said, I just want to watch the concert tonight. You can take the photos and videos for social media. And it was... It was amazing. You saw the the photo of when LeBron James surpassed um, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record mm. and everybody was on their phone taking the, the photos and the stills apart from um, the guy who uh, looks Nike. after Nike. Yeah, yeah so, um, yeah, I think uh, tonight's going to be a little bit different. So here's a bit of a, uh, a moment. So last concert I went and saw was Vance Joy. He played in Heinley Street here at the, uh, the music hall oh, yeah. at the other end. Guess what Vance Joy is doing at the moment? Vance Joy. Vance. Vance is not a word. Vance. It's, Van, it's a South Australian thing, but just say Vance. Okay. Vance. <laughs> Thank you. What about what about Lance Franklin? No, I, I get that, but no one says Vance Joy. Okay. Well, Vance Joy. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Guess what he's doing at the moment? What was Vance doing? He's touring with Mumford and Sons. You're kidding. Hmm. So what's the? There's, there's a twilight moment. That's amazing. So we should go together. Yeah, it's in Wales though, or somewhere. All right, well, I mean, we've, we've got a couple of commitments here, but that, that's okay. Let's get into the daily agenda. Want to talk about uh, Jack Revolt? He spoke last night about Richmond and how they might manage their players throughout the year. Of course, um, Geelong did it really well last year. They do it with Hawkins. They uh, they prepared Patrick Dangerfield really well, and they, they've done it with others as well. Let's have a listen to Jack. There is a balance there between the new players coming through and then managing older players as well. So um, a lot of clubs are going through that at the moment, especially Geelong as well. So you've sort of got to think. Um, sort of look outside the box and, and look after your whole list, not just have one size fits all. There you go. Thinking outside the box, looking after your whole list. Of course, one extra game this year with the gather round. Jack's getting on a little bit. They've got some other players uh, that will have a high workload. wonder what they'll do with Dusty. Tom Lynch is another one. Trent Cochin. So that's interesting. But also um, at the briefing we had yesterday, it was almost implied by... Matthew Nix, that, that Taylor Walker, amongst others, they'll be doing a similar type thing, making sure that they manage his workload. And, and we know that when Taylor's fit and firing and in really uh, good shape, that he is still one of the best players in the competition. But as that workload increases, he plays a, a position where he gets clobbered a lot and jumped over by the extra defender. Um, he, when you get tired, it makes it hard to maintain that standard. So I think they'll try with the extra, you know, with Himmelberg now, um, Phil Thorpe coming on, and now you've got Fogarty. You can potentially afford to give Taylor Walker a chop out every now and then, whereas in recent seasons you couldn't because he was just the number one banana. Let me ask you a couple of questions on that. 
when you were playing, was this a thing? Were, were players rested as frequently as they are now? I, this is a big thing that's happening in American sport at the moment, mm. which is causing a lot of controversy. And I know I talk a lot about NBA. It's, it's my passion. Yep. Um, load management is really coming under the microscope because, mm. for example, if you have – um, one of the, the best teams in the competition, the Los Angeles Clippers, that have their, their two high-profile players, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Mm. It was only re- until recently they had played together in back-to-back games for the first time, and they were 60, 70 games into the season. Mm. Now, what this does, for continuity for the team, a lot of um, pro teams uh, approach the regular season as nothing because the playoffs, they just need to scrape into the playoffs and the rest yeah. takes care of itself. But I'm thinking from the perspective of a fan where you may have a traveling team coming into your city and you've invested a lot of money to see the best players in the competition play and you find mm. out the night before they are being rested because of load management. So this is massive in, in all sports over in America. It's probably not as strong here because the players in the AFL have 22, 23 games, but you mm. still want to see the best players play. From a Port Adelaide perspective, if Port Adelaide play against Richmond, I'd love to see Dustin Martin play well, but Port Adelaide still win mm. the game. That's the same as any full forward. So what was it like when you were playing, and do you feel the fans are affected now more yeah, than anyone? Look, it's... You can't compare when I was playing because we didn't have rotations. So what you did, you played a position. If you played midfield, you either changed on ground with the, another player in the forward line or if you played as a centerman, which was a position back then as opposed to three midfielders, you played in that position all day. And so it was much more of an endurance game. Now it is just it's high-speed burst running. So it's, it's this combination of endurance but high-speed running. So the, the training has changed so much. And so that's why the players are a lot leaner these days than what they are or what, what they were when I played. So trying to compare that um, and the loads, they're just different. So you, you would most likely play – you could play when you were injured uh, a lot more when I played because you could shuffle around – the park because you didn't have to sprint everywhere. Like nowadays it's all high speed running and you have to get back into defense and you win the ball and you have to sprint forward. Um, then you get off, you have a break for, you know, three or four minutes and you're back on again and you just go on flat out. So, so it's a totally different game. They're trained differently, you know, in terms of the type of trainings they do. So that loads them up more, which is why they're still getting injured. You know, people say, Oh, with all the, um, the technology we have with all the greater training methods, we still get injuries. We're pushing these athletes to the very limits all the time. And that's why some of them just need to be spelled, particularly as you get older and you don't recover quicker. And that's the, that's the biggest thing for players, particularly when you're young, you can recover really quickly. As you get older, that recovery process takes a lot more energy and effort. So I think that's what they're looking for. And I think a lot of this came about, if you think about Adelaide uh, when they were really flying Sam Jacobs was their number one ruckman all mm-hmm. year. But towards the end of the season, he just, the workload got too much and, and just wasn't able to be at the same level at the end of the year that he was at the start of the year. And so, and that's not having a crack at him. He, he was an absolute star. But what Geelong and other teams are working out is, and this is why the preseason has become less relevant, uh, the preseason competition. Teams like Geelong say, well, who cares about winning three or four games when we play a, a Foster's Cup or whatever those competitions are called because you don't need to be up for 27 weeks in a row, you know, four games before the start of the season and then, you know, 
24, 25 if you make finals. You need to be playing well for the last month of the year. And who gives a stuff what you're doing in February? So teams then said, let's not worry too much about the preseason comp, which then devalued it. And then it sort of got, has gone by the wayside. So if this management continues to work really well and teams continue to be able to manage players and it becomes part of our game, this is a precursor for us to have one preseason game and maybe 26 or 27 sort of game, competition games. And what that means is we start to get something that looks like a, a bit of a fairer draw where instead of doubling up on six teams, you might double up on whatever that number is, you know, 10 teams, which means it's a, just a, a slightly bit more even. We just got a text coming in talking about that too from Tommy, which is um, exactly what we're talking about and what I, I raised with the, the NBA. He said, I was lucky enough to watch LeBron James and Anthony Davis play for the Lakers back in 2020. A few games later, both were rested. Imagine being on a holiday from overseas, spending decent money for seats in an NBA game and the stars were rested. So, yes, it is different because they're they're playing more games, but still some of the teams in um, American sport are now being penalised if there's not mm. a legitimate reason for these players being rested. Yeah, it's interesting as well, though, because you said that those two star players haven't played together in 60 or 70 games. I see that as a disadvantage. You want, you want to a team to create synergy. Now I was really lucky when I was coaching at Adelaide. Um, we had a group of young forwards come through Taylor Walker, Josh Jenkins, Tom Lynch, Charlie Cameron, and Eddie Betts arrived at the club. So those guys didn't really know much about each other, but they started playing together and they started playing together and then they played together pretty much constantly for five years. So in that year in 2016 and 2017, they knew each other backwards. The minute that Tom Lynch took a mark at 70 metres, Josh Jenkins pushed off his man and started leading because he knew that Lynch was never going back behind the mark. He was always just wheeling around and going to be playing on and kicking it. So there are this, these nuances that you know, and you know that Taylor Walker getting it on the wing can kick the ball really low and get it really quickly. So same sort of thing. Josh Jenkins is up the ground. Taylor Walker marks it. There's space inside the forward 50. Josh just starts sprinting because he knows that Walker's going to kick mm. it as far as he can and it's going to run on towards goal and Jenkins will, will pick the ball up and walk into an open goal. And people said, oh, he gets a lot of easy goals, Joe the Goose. But he, he knows that that's going to happen. So he's sprinting a second or two before his opponent and then because he was a quick guy, they could never peg him back. So that's just smart. That's not Joe the Goose. That's just knowing your teammates, knowing their ability to be able to kick the ball and, and how quickly they can get it there. Um, and so all those little nuanced things come from playing together. And so I would say you want to keep your guys together and you want to get them understanding the way people move and the, and the nuances of each other. So there's, an, there's a reason why you should be spending, particularly your best team, as much time together as, as you can. Listening to some of the players on some of the audio that I listen to, sometimes it's taken out of their hands as well. You have the two types of players where the ones that want to play every game and the sports scientists will say, no, potentially you need to rest this game. And the other players that will go, I will rest as many games as possible just as long as I still, as I still get paid. Yeah, the other things are interesting as well. Pay is one. Half the players in the AFL would be still on games payment. So they get paid per game. The better players get guaranteed money. So uh, so you have to, and I know Geelong did this, so you have to restructure that. If you want someone to rest and it means they're going to miss out on payment, well, you probably have to pay them because that, that you're suggesting that they don't play. The other thing you have to do as well is Geelong 
restructured their best and fairest. So that I think what they were able to do is you only took votes from your top 20 games or something like that. So that if you uh, were rested for one or two games, you weren't disadvantaged mm. in terms of being able to win the best and fairest. So when you start doing this, there's the whole range of things that now come into play that we have to think about. So um, as I said, Geelong have been doing this for a number of years and they've thought about a lot of these things and that's probably why they're ahead of the curve and one of the better sides in the competition. We'd love to know your thoughts. You can give us a call, one 736 736 someone who can certainly give us some insight into that from the Adelaide Crows. Ben Keys. he joins us next. It is SENSA. We are here thanks to Tyre Power. Best buys on big brand sale now on. Good morning.